the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Let me give you a quick scenario on one of the reasons that we do this show is to get you thought-provoking content to digest and consume and to think about your life. It's going to be called A Tale of Two Sisters. One lives in Northern California, one lives in Southern California. One's married to a financial guy in Northern California, one's married to a loser in Southern California who hasn't had a job in five years. They've been married 20 years. They own no real estate in Southern California. In Northern California, they own some real estate. In Southern California, they've drawn off their 401ks down to nothing, in large part due to the economy and him lacking a job. He's one of those guys who's like a serial entrepreneur, except for he's like a Captain Crunch serial entrepreneur. He can't actually get anything good going. But he's one of those guys, every time you meet, he's got white pants on. You're like, dude, you can't wear white pants all year round. He looks good, but he doesn't have a job. He pedals himself. He pushes himself. They didn't get into real estate 20 years ago. Too expensive. They didn't get into real estate 15 years ago. Too expensive. They didn't get into real estate 10 years ago. Too expensive. Their experiences with stocks was they would buy the stock at an all-time high, and then it would go lower. And on paper, they've lost money. They panic. So what do you think those lives are going to be like? These were two sisters who grew up together. They played together. They loved each other. What do you think retirement's going to look like? It's not going to be pretty for the Southern California. Unless they hit the lottery. And you know what I think about people who play the lottery. <laughs> i got to be careful here. Because the word degenerate comes up and the last time i said that i got into trouble on radio so i can't say it i can think it but i can't say it um so it's a tale of two cities and right now we're seeing southern california home sales plunge 20 percent in december to the lowest pace in 11 years northern california it's got some pockets of weakness but generally speaking san francisco and the bay area is holding up pretty tight as far as inventory goes uh, for how long who knows it's all tied towards affordability in my opinion it's all tied towards what i call the wife factor I want a bigger house. I want a better school for my kids. Uh, if it's up to men, we would live in cardboard boxes in a homeless community with our families. We don't care as long as we got TV and the Super Bowl. It's Tony Mendez, Tale of Two Sisters. How often do you see that? Because I see it in my world where people don't like to talk about money, but they'll talk to me about money. And sometimes they don't know about their own spouse. And sometimes, they, you know, their, their, their family is struggling. And they're like, I'm not going to give any of my money to the family or I'm going to give all my money to the family. We get that occasionally, that deep into people's lives. Um, not the whole sister, sisters, unless there's, you know, we'll find somebody else's on the two sisters or, story that I just told is, is pretty common. Like the, it's pretty common. It is. It sounds like uh, she needs a new husband is what she needs, not a new, a new house. But um, it is, it is interesting to see the paths that people take yeah. and the decisions that they make. Uh, fortunately, I'm on the side where people are pretty active. Okay. Um, the same as like a realtor, a realtor is going to see more 
people buying houses than people not buying houses. So they're going to say, "Oh yeah, I see very successful people." A mortgage guy, we see a little bit of you know, we people who, we see people who want to buy, they want to engage, like you know, the Southern California sister, they want to engage, but then they fall out because either there's something in their credit or they just don't qualify or the home prices are too high. Uh, but we don't see a lot of people that aren't trying because we don't we, they don't call us. So uh, we usually see the Northern California sister. And, um, but as far as the Southern California homes, um, you know, the sales dropping, it's seasonally adjusted, which is probably the scarier part of that, that statistic. Yeah. Um, we don't watch Southern California sales that often. Right. We're seeing actually San Diego do really well because a lot of people from the Bay area are moving to San Diego. A lot of people are moving to Sacramento, um, Slight, but, slightly more affordable, areas. slightly more affordable areas and slightly more desirable areas. When you add all the factors together, the schools, the uh, the cost of uh, uh, the house and affordability and so on. And a lot of people are telecommuting nowadays, too. So uh, that's why Sacramento is the number one search for places in California. Okay. It's like 12% or something like that. But I could do San Diego. I don't see myself doing Sacramento. It's a good stepping stone for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for example, millennials in the United States are the, the second placed city in the United States is Elk Grove. For, okay. for millennials to move. So we're seeing this as a good stepping stone. And then maybe they come back to I'm the Bay Area. I'm not completely familiar with Elk Grove. South of Sacramento. It's okay. kind of, you know, a suburb. Okay. Sounds like it's going to burn down one day in a wildfire. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I think there's an Apple outfit there with a thousand jobs. Okay. You know, so I think there's some traction growing there. Uh, it's close to the mountains. Um, in fact, the, we've had more people buy in Elk Grove in the last year that, or in the Sacramento area. That's just encompass the whole area than the last it, 10 years. Is it fair to say that in the last three months, four months, we've started to see a lot more data on real estate that it's softening and weakening? Yes. And it, it to me, it feels like the higher interest rates are sapping affordability. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's people are real estate fatigued. Maybe everyone who wants a home has a home. Yeah, I, I wouldn't read in it, into it too much because if you were in Denver, for example, or if you were in... You know what I like to call Denver. Menver. Menver. Sure. I mean, the, what's the ratio now? It's, it's like four it's, to one or something like that. If I was a single one? woman, I'd move to Denver. Yeah. And for the record, I am not a single woman. <laughs> it's the best I know. Um, but if you're in Denver, you, you might see different reports um, or, or have a different feeling about it because there are a lot of you know, affordable homes there. There's jobs and people yeah. are moving there. And in Seattle, you might have a different view I, because Seattle sales have gone down. Their home prices have gone down. Their rents have stabilized. Stop, stop. I just looked at Denver prices recently, and it's not that affordable. I was surprised. I was like, oh, it's got to be affordable. It's so far from the ocean. It's so far from big tech companies. Well, it might have that Seattle effect where... Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. Where, And for those people who don't know what the Seattle effect is, is Seattle was a very desirable place for a long time because you had a tech job, for example, where yeah. the starting salary was only like 15% lower than here in the Bay Area, but their home prices were 50% lower. Now those home prices are much higher and they've come back down. A lot of people bailed. One of the reports that um, we saw recently is the amount of equity people have taken out in 2018 from the sale of their property. It's it's the highest levels of any year that we've ever seen, including going back to the I last recession. Out last year. Or, I'm sorry, the last peak. Excuse me? I took some equity out last year. Well, I'm talking in the sale of their property. So we are seeing yeah. people capitalizing on the, 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 the increase in their homes, that equity that they've earned. Or, I don't know, do, do you earn it? Best day of my, is, is best that day of my year last year was going to Denver and seeing Red Rocks, a concert there, and seeing Imagine Dragons. Nice. But you know, the down part was that little girl from America's Got Talent, the one who played the ukulele. Okay. She opened for Imagine Dragons. 
you know, the little girl is like, I am not so ugly. And uh, <laughs> what I learned was Imagine Dragons is a big pull for kids. Yeah. My, um, kid, my, my son loves Imagine Dragons. Plays them every day. It's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of an all ages from eight to 80 kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, that's totally off. It'll run its course, too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Denver was lovely to visit. So anyway, um, we're talking and I'm going to be in San Diego next Friday. I'm going to see lovely place. I'm see Weezer. Yeah. You know what San Diego is an old means, man's right? group. It's not an old man's it's group. It's an old man's group. Oh, it's a, it's a, oh, now you're now you're pissing me off. <laughs> they have the song Africa out. Yeah, that was made 30 years ago. That's the point. I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't be so serious. Um, there was an interesting guy on Howard Stern. One of his uh, employees, Richard Christie, he bought in Long Island a year ago. And guess who just announced they're going to put 200,000 jobs in Long Island? Amazon. So he hit the lottery. I like telling that story because sometimes you do luck into things. I bought in the Bay Area during a kind of a housing recession. And it's, it's, it's a lottery. Yeah. Austin, I think, is going to do well in Northern Virginia and Long Island. Um, those are home runs for a lot of people that live there. But then it's cursed for some people who are, are going to watch their... You know, rents go up. They're going to watch food get more expensive. And it's it, it it depends on what side of the fence you're on. Sounds good. It's Tony Mendez. He does all my mortgages, refis, everything. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I try to say fewer stupid things every year. I know you're saying that's good of you. That's good of you. With that being said, a uh, couple things to chit chat about. I want to talk a little bit about oil and commodities again, just a little bit more, because we talk about commodities in a funny kind of way. Uh, what are commodities? How do commodities trade? How are they broken down in different groups? How have they been performing? Can you invest in commodities? And you can. And I would say be cautious with it. I know if you listen to people like CFP Chad Burton and others, sometimes what you'll hear is, you know, commodities should be 10% of your portfolio or tech stock should be 4% of your, like, there's these, there's these formulas that, that come out, come and go. But I find commodities very difficult. And commodities, you know, whether it be agricultural products, fuels, metals, what have you, there's no doubt that commodities have been around forever. And if you play some classic video games like, you know, uh, bushels of corn are kind of important in early civilizations. Some people think the futures market on trade started about 6,000 years ago with rice. Some people think that the futures trading dates back to the 17th century in Japan when rice also was out there. As Do you want to buy it now for the next year or not? So how much should we plant? You tell us. Uh, there's a CBOT. It's a very famous uh, trading exchange in the United States where it's able to let companies hedge risk. Airlines could buy airline fuel now, lock in prices, and then figure out, okay, Let's, um, how many routes do we want? How many, you know, empty seats are we okay with? So that's all out there. 
um, Chicago Board of, 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 of Trade, the CBOT, 1848. Then there was something called the Merck, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. It was founded in 1898 as the Chicago Butter and Egg Board. <laughs> Where you can lock in butter and egg prices, right? So... I throw this out there because, again, there is going to be times where you start going, I want this in my portfolio. Whether it be energy commodities or metal commodities or agricultural commodities, um, I say just be cautious and be patient with yourself um, because hard assets where you actually buy a pig, you actually get two hog bellies. Um, that's probably more than you can process in your head is my, my thought. Long term, it feels like stakes becoming more. It feels like all commodities are more expensive, right? It does feel that way. Um, you can get really tricky with buying commodities. There's future contracts. There's ETFs. There's ETNs, exchange-traded funds, exchange-traded notes. And um, if I was good at investing in commodities, I would tell you I'm not. But I can tell you, like, there's fertilizer stocks like Mosaic. There's farm machinery stocks that are tied to agricultural prices, like John Deere. Monsanto for seeds. There's irrigation stocks. There's livestock like Sanderson Farms. There's crop protection companies like Monsanto or Sententa, SYT. Then you get into grains. You know, you can buy... You want to think corn's going on higher? It's ticker symbol, you know, corn. It's an ETF. <laughs> like, really? Yes. Uh, potash and fertilizer, obviously big for agriculture. We have to have nutrients in the ground to, gr to grow what we need. Ticker symbol soil. But again, you could actually go out and buy a company called Potash if that's the way you want to do it. I tend not to recommend. There's like cement stocks. Cement's a commodity, right? Ticker symbol CX. You can go out and buy a cement stock. If that's your thing. Um, and again, when worldwide demand shrinks, these guys get crushed. When worldwide demand grows, these guys are, you know, you can like home builders or solar, you know, the energy play. First solar, solar city. Um, there's... TAN, ticker symbol TAN, uh, home builder stocks, if you believe in construction, Lowe's, Home Depot, Lennar, Pulte, KB Homes, Toll Brothers, NVR. So I tend to say avoid buying commodities or a hard asset fund unless you really know what you're doing. I've seen some amateurs get pretty crushed doing it, and um, I, I just I throw that out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. So commodities are a big issue. And again, not pushing away from it, but sometimes it's the things that you don't know, and sometimes it's the weather. But like refrigeration costs, so if electricity costs spike, that could hurt refrigeration costs of meat, of animals. And um, that's when you start getting really morbid, right? We're talking about the the eating of animals. And uh, I could just show you one area where commodities, you know, just uh, we've had a drought and farmers are having a tough time feeding their cattle. So sometimes they'll 
kill the cattle, kill the herd, trim the herd, curd, uh, herd, curd the herd? No, not quite that. Uh, trim the herd, so to speak. And uh, what happens? Prices of meat go down. Because suddenly if you kill more than you thought you were going to kill, awesome. There's a supply. The downside of it is next year, your herd's been thinned already. And there's fewer cows to breed and fewer cows to mate and fewer cows to love and grow your herd again. So those are real commodities. And the dollar, and this is where it gets really interesting, is when you start getting into currencies. If you think I don't like investing in commodities as an idea... Forget about it. I'd rather invest in the stocks tied towards the commodities for the same reason you want to invest in commodities. But currencies, I remember shortly after the Iraq war, if you turned on the TV, you would hear commercials that like, well, Saddam Hussein's gone and the Iraqi dinar has completely collapsed. Now may be the time to put a $25,000 investment in the Iraqi dinar and get 43 million Iraqi dinars for the low cost of $100,000 or $100, whatever it was. And people are like, I want to, I, I want to own that because, you know, as they rebuild Iraq, they're going to obviously have an economy. And if Saddam Hussein was bad and he's gone, then the DNR will bounce back. And it sounds like a great story. Do not buy currencies. The cost to buy currencies is very expensive. The cost to sell currencies is very expensive. Which again brings us back to Bitcoin. Another pseudo-currency that I don't recommend you buy because it's very tough to figure out what's going to move it. And to me, that's more like gambling when, you, when you're blind investing than anything else. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Remember how The Last Jedi came out last year? Star Wars Last Jedi. Guess who was angry about it? A lot of people were angry, right? Saying uh, not fans of the new movie. R2, it's okay, because what we're learning is the movie was actually well-liked. It just turns out that I know you're going to say, no way. Um, Russian trolls and bots wrote a lot of negative criticism about it. I know. Who would criticize Star Wars Last Jedi? Critics loved it. The rest of the world seemed quite divided on it. But it turns out that a lot of the negative attention was brought about by bots. And uh, Russian bots. It's I, is it time that we kind of all hold hands and say, I, I just don't know what's going on, and like why is this happening? And can't movie reviewers? Where's Cisco or Zebert? They're, they're they're both dead. Um, where's the at the movies guy? Oh, he's dead too. Maybe we can get Anthony Bourdain to review the food in movies. No way, he's dead too? Well, it turns out that weaponizing the haters, The Last Jedi, and strategic politicization of pop culture through social media manipulation. I don't know. It's If you take a look at the way big tech is approaching Main Street and Congress, it, it, it's kind of interesting because 
on a regular basis, you're seeing Mark Zuckerberg say, we got this. And on the other hand, you're seeing people like Tim Cook say, we do need some regulation, hopefully lightly, and hopefully we can you know, help you structure that. Last week, Facebook suffered the biggest hack in history, in its history. The breach was potentially huge, impacting not just Facebook profiles, but also sites where users use their Facebook credentials to log into websites like Spotify or Tinder. Drop the the. Facebook said so far that there's no evidence of third-party sites being affected. Facebook has come to dominate social logins, squeezing the likes of Yahoo and Twitter out of the market. Facebook said there's no evidence, again, that the hackers are, are jumping in on it. So if you take a look at the pie chart of what services people use to log into their sites and other sites, if you were to go back eight years, seven years, people would use their Facebook credentials to log into, like, for instance, like a Pokemon Go or something like that, 41%. Google, 31%. Yahoo was at 11.6%. Twitter at 8.3%. Now you flash seven years ahead and Facebook has a dominating 60% share, Google 34%, Yahoo and Twitter immaterial. Whoa. And if this information can't be protected, it's a problem, right? You probably ordered a pizza over the phone. Now you do it online because every business is desperate to know who its customers are. You need to create an account. It's much easier to log in using a Facebook than rather remember a whole new account name and password every time you do it. Um, a couple of Microsoft Xbox games, games like Fortnite, you could use Facebook to log into your account. So Facebook continues to be kind of like the butt of the joke. I just stopped and think if I could say the word butt out loud. And I was like, oh, good gosh, yes, I can. Tim Cook, Apple CEO, on the other hand, is taking a different level. He's calling for new privacy regulations. He acknowledged that getting Congress to speed up and get it done or even up to speed on the information is a challenge. Cook touted Apple's restraint in terms of collecting information on its users and said he couldn't imagine one of his successors steering the company in a different direction when it comes to user privacy in the future. So that, that's a big, pretty big debate. Again, let me tell you, be careful what you put online. Um, now, again, we put too much online. I found this new feature of Siri kind of interesting. And it's kind of funny. One of the big new features for iPhones this year is Shortcuts, which is an app that lets you write scripts for your phone. One widely shared shortcut is called Police, which records police interactions and texts a predetermined contact that you've been pulled over. So you get pulled over and you can say, hey, Siri, I'm getting pulled over. You will respect my authority. Oh, my phone just went off and says, I don't know what that means. Um, So I don't have the shortcut in my phone, but that's kind of funny, right? Once the shortcut's installed, the program pauses. Music you may be playing turns down the brightness on the phone and turns on the do not disturb mode. It sends a quick text to predetermined contact to tell them you've been pulled over. And it starts recording everything. Um, It's pretty fascinating to me because I had two, I had, I have two brothers who are attorneys and you know growing up they would teach me crazy stuff like if you ever get pulled over not if you ever get pulled over well if you ever get pulled over just license and insurance and nothing else because everything you say is kind of questions to prove you're guilty 
do you have any drinks today? Yes means you're guilty. No means later on, because I could smell it on your breath, that you're a liar who's also guilty. And there's a list of like 18 questions they're supposed to ask. Um, do you know why I pulled you over? No. You were swerving. You're not a good driver. Yes. I was swerving. <laughs> I'm not a good driver. Like, you're guilty, right? So the American Civil Liberties, American Civil Liberties Union and others have developed apps to record and live stream encounters with the police. It seems like we're living in a crazy era where you could ask Siri to record a police interaction. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, you're, entitled, you're innocent until proven guilty. And if a police officer does something that's slightly incorrect... Um, is it the thing that gets you free? I, I don't know. I'm not smart enough in that area. But Siri, I'm getting pulled over, is now a big thing. Um, hey, Siri, set timer for 14 minutes. Okay, 14 minutes and counting. Waiting for cookies. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The stock market's given the James Bond car maker Aston Martin a frosty reception. There's some companies that it's difficult to get excited about. Does Aston Martin, which IPO today, do they have a web strategy? Do they have a cloud strategy? Where's the sizzle? Well, the sizzle is a beautiful vehicles that are super expensive. But, but, but does it have a cloud strategy? <laughs> like, where's the sizzle? I'm not telling you me. I went through a variety of business investment meetings uh, in the 1990s, and uh, to see you know 25-year-old, 30-year-old investment bankers, uh, the big thing that they would always say is, "Where's the sizzle?" It's like you know my radio show. I was talking to head of programming, and uh, he goes, "What's it about?" And I'm like, "Well, have you listened to the show?" He goes, "What's it about? What's the sizzle?" Getting people to retirement. So, hopefully that just goes away. You know what I'm starting to get really scared of is Ken Fisher. He's looking very skeletal. I watch a lot of financial information, financial media. He's just, like, skeletor. Like, I keep expecting He-Man to, like, uh, jump on a dinosaur behind him. I know, I know. You're saying you've, you've hit Star Wars, you've hit He-Man and Skeletor. What else you got in your in your pocket of tricks, Mr. Black? <laughs> I got something. I don't know what I got, but I got something. Um, other big stories of the day. Uh, let's see. Tesla? I don't think Tesla's all that great. Verizon, you're going to start hearing more and more about 5G. And as you hear more and more about 5G, you're going to hear companies like AT&T and Verizon raising prices. This is my best guess. Looking to score a sweet discount on your iPhone XS Max? Well, you know, Verizon can do that. But Verizon, that's the story right now, like the, the upgrades. But quietly, Verizon launched residential broadband service in four markets using the new 4G, 5G wireless standards. And keep in mind, I, I once went to uh, E3 and, you know, those Comdex, Comdex shows uh, in Vegas, and 3G was going to change the world. Going to change the world. And, and I guess on some levels it did. But the presentations they were showing... Uh, like, look, you can download a whole movie and whatever, and it was never quite hit that fruition. 5G won't be a moneymaker for the uh, initial term. As investors begin to consider how much more disruptive the shift to 5G will be, we'll start coming up with some fun ideas. 
So Verizon trades at about 11 times forward earnings, and it could win a higher valuation and outperform the market if 5G turns out to be kind of sizzle. Upgrade your iPhone XS Max, not so much sizzle. Now, last, I, I've liked Verizon for a while. I like AT&T for their dividend. I like Verizon for their residential services and slight, you know, a little bit more growth profile than AT&T. In last year, it's up 20%. Verizon lags behind AT&T in total company revenue, but only because AT&T has big stakes in DirecTV and now Time Warner. In the United States wireless business, Verizon is the leader with 112 postpaid connections, ones where customers pay for usage after receiving their bills, compared to with $77 million for AT&T. Then you get, like... T-Mobile and Sprint. I'm not going to call them jokes, but they're the weaker brothers. They're the more the Eli Manning versus the Peyton Manning. So take a look at Verizon. Take a look at what they're doing. Verizon's promising speeds of 300 megabits per second, more than four times as fast as the average U.S. home broadband speed. Um, you could see speeds up to one gigabyte per second. And that'll change from suddenly just into your phone to powering your home. Not electricity power, but internet power. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. There's a couple things I can teach you is sometimes it's not about how much you make. It's how much do you pay in taxes. Sometimes it's how many mistakes to avoid. It's not really about opportunities lost, unless the one thing you did was you never started. I think it's okay to get market returns. I think it's great to get market returns. I don't think you have to say, I'm going to go above the market. I don't think you have to say, I want to be real more conservative than the market, because the market is the market. And historically, it's done well, 7 out of 10 years. And if you look at it, it's the teeter-totter going from the bottom left of your TV, slowly, slowly rising. Going higher and higher. It's crawling towards that, that top right of your TV, across the screen. It's making a straight line that uh, has a 16, 17, 18% uh, angle at times. And then it, it corrects and it gets larger and it gets smaller. But it's creeping higher. It's interesting when you have a chart of the markets from the last 100 years, you don't even see things at times like World War One, World War Two, the Korean War. You don't see them because... Over time, it's been that slow crawl from the lower left of your screen to the you know, middle upper right of your right side of the screen. And a lot of people fight it, and a lot of people you know, try to impress you with their knowledge base and try to get you as clients. Um, I've, you know, the amount of people I've run into in this industry who are, are creative thinkers, very few and far between. The amount of people who sell product, pretty dominant. So, cautious. So try to avoid mistakes in retirement. Um, try to m- avoid mistakes in life. Not having a budget. I know it stinks because it's so not sexy. Um, and I know some retirees who go like, to the horse racetrack and stuff, and they sit there and they have free sodas all day, and they, they bet on the horses, and they talk to other guys. And I, I know that you can have like a budget on you know your entertainment. Um. I know you have to focus on that just as importantly because 
I've, I've got some family members who are older who started giving money away very too much so too soon, seeing that they don't know how long their health is going to last or when does it kick out. I, I know the finances, and they gave away money too soon. So another mistake that people can make, especially on retirement, is relying too much on Social Security. Most people assume that they don't need much for retirement savings because they've heard about Social Security. Social Security will only pay about 40% of your earnings, um, your, basically your pre-retirement income. And that, that may not even be true because you, you know, the more you make, the more you get addicted to that. And that doesn't necessarily play out in higher payout in any way, shape, or form in retirement. It does. The more money you make than paying Social Security, you get to higher tiers. But you ain't going to make up you know, $500,000 in retirement, per se, with 40% covered. But working longer ends up boosting your Social Security benefits as well. And it's something a lot of people have to think about. But I know people get panicked and they're like, what if I die? I, need, I could use that money now. You know, Maybe I can go on a nice vacation. So you got to be very careful about when you take your benefits. And buying long-term care. Um, I have no doubt I have enough money to cover my loved one until she dies in long-term care. I have no doubt that I'll probably be dead in 8 to 10 years. So I don't think I'm going to need the long-term care. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I know you're saying, why do you think you're going to be dead in 8 to 10 years? That's kind of interesting. I just do. And it has nothing to do with the psychic. I'm not my dad, but my dad kicked over at 58. After battling um, a heart attack and um, cancer. So cancer was what got him for sure, but um, I guess he never had a second heart attack, which is good. I wonder how many people have second heart attacks. Anyhow, um, where I, I'm digressing. You know, one of the stocks I really like over the long term, and it, it's counterintuitive, it's McDonald's. And it's just their stock performance versus the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the SP 500. Sometimes over one year or two years, it's, it's, it's about the same. But if you look at how McDonald's has done in the last 15 years, and I go through cycles now where I'm like, oh, I would really like a McDonald's shake. Even though I know it's like not real ice cream and that bothers me, but I don't really think their nuggets are real chicken either. So I think there's something else going on in there. But McDonald's thumps the Dow Jones Industrial Average over 15 years and the S&P 500. Um, so it's done really well. And again, over the last 10 years, pretty good. It's beaten both of them pretty nicely. Over the last five years, yes. And what I'm trying to say is one of the things when you look at mutual funds or index funds or stocks, take a look at a 15-year period if your time horizon is 15 years. If your time horizon is I want to be out of it in a year, take a look at the last year. See how it's done. If you had bought it you know, at three different times last year, how would you have done? Was there a big difference? How do you feel about that? Is it seasonal? So you have to become a stock detective, and someone owns that trademark. Stock detective. I've got my eye on your stocks. Someone owns that. I know. I know. You're saying that's pretty darn lame. And I'm like, yes, it, it is. Um, there's not a lot of big stories out there right now, in case you can't tell. So... Just throwing that at you. Uh, we could take a look at the markets. So, anyway, I do like McDonald's. And again, I want to. One of the things that I want to say about that is I also like the S and P five hundred. They, they're very different type of ideas for different type of investments and investors. Uh, 
So I think that's something that, um, what are you trying to get? That's one of the most difficult parts about the show is I can help you with financial planning. I can help you with estate planning or at least ideas, right? Um, I'm not saying that I'm a financial planner in no way, shape or form, but you get the idea. I can help you on those ideas, uh, why you need it, you know, what the benefits are. Anyhow, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. You can always find me online at Rob Black Show. Got a big seminar coming up next month. Um, but you can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. And use code RADIO25. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.